Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, it is official. The 49ers have won their first preseason game 24 to 21 against the insert insult here, Dallas Cowboys. Um, Can't stand those guys. So glad we beat them. I understand it's a preseason game, and the goal isn't necessarily to win the game, the goal is to improve and evaluate players and all those things, but a win. Sure as hell does help, especially whenever you score 14 fourth quarter points in the final few minutes of the game and to get a come from behind victory. So this episode, we are going to be breaking down all of the offense. It's going to be a beyond in-depth offensive breakdown. We'll be giving out offensive MVP, whose stock went up, whose stock went down. It's going to be awesome. We will be breaking down the defensive performances later on in this week here in about three days. So right off the bat, I think the offensive MVP has to be Nick Mullins, man. This kid came on late in the almost at the very end of the third quarter and just went bananas. We uh, only left our starters in for about one series. Some of them played two, but kind of our key pivotal guys, they just played once. He got out. C.J. Beathard and the twos and threes played the majority of the game, and then the kind of I don't, I don't want to say the fringe players, the bubble roster players. They came in and finished up the fourth quarter, and it was awesome just seeing their energy level. But Nick Mullins, just he came out, was 11 for 13, 141 yards, one touchdown. He had an interception, but it was off a tipped pass. He was lights out, man. The two-minute drill just to perfection. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Now, the offensive inactives, the people that did not get a play, Jonathan Cooper, Garnett, both of our guards, J.P. Flynn, Trent Taylor, Cole Wick, they stayed out on offense and gave us a pretty good look at some of the backups. Now, I wish that we could say your number one priority is to get out of preseason without injuries. We did not. It was a rough first five minutes. Kittle goes out really, really quick. He 
almost made an amazing catch on a deep seam pass, and he came up grabbing his forearm slash wrist. Not quite sure how serious that is going to be. Hopefully, it didn't look like a break. Um, you kind of hope for a sprain or something along those lines, but that one's just a gigantic question mark. Defensive side, Malcolm Smith, his hamstring right off the bat. Uh, he didn't make it through one series and straight to the locker room. It did not look good. Matt Breida, he got injured as well. Uh, th- these are big names. Man, it hurts. Matt Breida was laying out. He laid out sideways to pick up a blitz in pass protection. I mean, it was textbook what he did, but it hit his shoulder, the back part of his shoulder, in a weird way, and you could tell that they were holding his arm, so it's almost like a rotator cuff slash clavicle. It's going to be one of those two is my guess, but... um. He was seen standing on the sidelines and seemed to be okay. Nobody was checking him out. He was just watching the game. So that makes me think the severity of that injury is not that big of a deal. Hopefully he is all right. Solomon Thomas, man, I hate that this list continues to go. Solomon Thomas, he got kicked in the face by his own player, Sheldon Day, and it seemed like the shoe kind of fit into his face mask in a weird way and got him right in the eye. Um, He was down for a while, but he was able to walk off under his own power. And so you're thinking either concussion or eye issue. We haven't heard much, but that's kind of where that is. And Gary Gilliam, our left tackle, our backup swing tackle is what I should say. We saw this last year. You know, he, he waited the whole season and Trent Brown went down. He goes in, he gets hurt right off the bat. He goes in right after Staley goes out at left tackle and he he goes to cut block the defensive end that is blitzing, and he gets kneed in the side of the head, and it it looked pretty bad. He uh he it looked like he kind of went limp for a second, his whole body as he hit the ground, but then he popped right back up, and I mean like a split second, you could just see kind of like his body relax a little bit more than natural, but then he popped up, you know, went to a knee, seemed okay, walked off under his own power, shook the hand of the guy whose knee hit him, seemed to be somewhat with it, but you got to think head slash concussion injury there that was a rough one so injuries man we did not get out of this one healthy so that is rough because those those are some key guys you're talking about top tier starters and you know our number one tight end our number two or one defensive end and our possibly our starting backer so we'll just have to kind of see what happens there now let me just give you a quick update a lot of people have been asking we are giving away the autographed Jerry Rice mini helmet this week. That will be announced on our defensive breakdown here in just a couple of days. So this is your last opportunity to go and enter in to win this free autographed Jerry Rice, the GOAT himself, mini helmet. And off of a 49ers win, so awesome. All you got to do is go to my Twitter feed, JL underscore Chapman, and it is the pinned tweet. All you have to do is retweet that original tweet, Follow me, JL underscore Chapman. Follow the stat guy, at Cado Clayton. You don't need to worry how to spell it. Just go to that tweet and then subscribe to the show. That's it. We will be picking a winner here in two days, and we'll get that bad boy in the mail. And I'm very sad to see it go because it uh it looks awesome in my house. I ain't going to lie. That is brought to us by Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. 
any of the gifts that you want for 49ers merchandise, just head over there, gamedaysportsandmemorabilia.com. They have so much stuff. It is absolutely great site. Uh, one of those sites that I have bookmarked, and I just check all the time just to see what is up. So head over there, see what they got going on after you enter in to win that free mini helmet. Now, Without further ado, let's go through and just talk about these players and how they graded out stat-wise, but also just uh, how they looked. And so the starters really didn't play much. Jimmy G was in there. He he went three for six pass attempts for 34 yards. Um, His first couple throws were pretty high to Marquise Goodwin. He shot it over their head. One of the passes hit Marquise Goodwin in both hands, but he was jumping really high for it, and it was a little behind. And so he dropped that pass. It should have been caught. The other one went way over his head and had no shot. So you had two very errant throws, and the rest looked great. Very, very solid. And again, they had to punt after a few first downs. Negative run plays killed it. And if we look at what, man, happened with Jarek McKinnon, it was awful. His stat line, three rushes for negative four yards. He was stuffed up the middle, and contact was... Our guard play, our right guard play, was pretty bad. Pearson got the start at right guard, and, man, that center guard combination just was not hitting on good cylinders, I guess. It's a terrible save, but it just was bad, and it was bad all game. We were stuffed up the middle the entire game until late in the fourth quarter. They had our number, and I I hate to say it, but if we go back to 2017 last year, the biggest critique of the offense if you look at Carlos Hyde's numbers and all that, it was, we could not run through the A-gaps. All of our quality runs were tosses to the side and the outside zone uh, read, which is, you know, that's kind of the peanut butter and jelly or whatever you want to say of Kyle Shanahan. That was what his bread and butter was. And, man, but we have to complement that with an inside running game. And this is something that you got to kind of, we got to see if this develops a little bit better. And it doesn't help that Jonathan Cooper and Garnett, who would probably be the right guard starting, they're both out. So that looked terrible. And so the the first drive stalled, and that was it. (laughs) Jimmy G was gone. C.J. Beathard came in right after that. And C.J. played pretty well. He goes 10 for 20 for 181 passing yards, zero touchdowns, and an interception. Man, he was getting the ball tipped like crazy. I went back and I counted. He had five tipped passes. So out of 20 pass attempts, five of them, or 25%, were tipped. And he didn't look good at the start. He he seemed to struggle with pressure early on. They were getting after him. And, man, it, it just seemed like he didn't look calm until he took a gigantic hit wherever he stood in third down and just took a big blast from a blitzing linebacker that came. It was an empty set, and so they blitzed, and they had a free blitzer coming. He's standing in the pocket just like we're used to seeing, delivered a strike, converted the third down to Bourne, but after that, he seemed calm. It's almost like he needs to go warm up with the linebackers when he's going to play so he can get the crap knocked out of him and then calm down. Um, So he had a great hard count. That is one thing um, with Jimmy G., with CJ and Nick Mullins, the third-string quarterback, we were having them jump off sides all game. So that was awesome. That's a new added f- uh, feature that we didn't get to see a lot last year. And so that's kind of fun because what that's going to do is it's going to help our conversion rate on third downs and all those things whenever we get that going. So whenever he came out in the second half again, he looked so much better. 
But Nick Mullins was the guy, man. He he totally looked efficient. The only negative play he had was a tipped pass for an interception. They were get man, Cowboys, they got some long defensive ends and they were jumping to bat those passes. That they are very well coached. Rod Marinelli, one of the best defensive line coaches, uh the Cowboys defensive coordinator. And, and it shows. And that's kind of what happened. So Nick Mullins dominated in the two point the two minute drill. He came in and it was just awesome. We we got some lucky calls, but he played wonderful. He overcame a fumble from Raheem Mostert. And man, he's gotta be the MVP of the offense, which is hilarious. But it's a preseason. Who knows what can happen? Nick Mullins doesn't really have an opportunity to push CJ Beathard out of our kind of first and second tier. Uh, quarterbacks and we're not going to carry three quarterbacks we're just not going to especially with our offensive line not being as strong in the interior as it needs to be we will carry an extra guard or we will carry an extra wide receiver but what he's doing is he's playing for a spot somewhere and if he keeps putting up performances like this I think he has a chance it, it was awesome seeing him man we were jumping up and down watching the fourth quarter of the first preseason game so let's move on to running back now um, as we said Jarek McKinnon Jet. He didn't look good, but he didn't get many opportunities. He he looked okay when he caught the ball in space and had a seven-yard reception, but that was it. And he only had that one drive, and he was out. Breida played for a while before he got hurt. He only had one rush for three yards, but he had a couple good pass uh, protection plays. And whenever he went down, man, I, I, I don't know. We're, we're just If he is hurt and out for a while with that shoulder injury, what that's going to mean is Joe Williams will be a lock on this roster as long as Breida is out because Jarek McKinnon and Breida, they are the locks as far as running backs. And then the third spot's up for grabs. Mostert came in first way before Joe Williams and Mostert looked better the entire game. The, the only negative that he had was he fumbled the ball and that's a huge negative. So I'm not trying to downplay that, but Raheem Mostert, he fumbled the ball on an up the middle play and it was a huge dog pile and you couldn't see anything but a cowboy came out with it and so you couldn't challenge it there was zero view and again it's preseason so you just kind of move on but that was huge outside of that he was by far the most productive it actually Raheem Mostert in eight carries for 57 yards and he had the longest rush of the day for 23 he had more rushing yards than the entire team combined so he was by far the most effective it's it's unreal how fast he is and you see it when he gets out on the edge. He also made a great play, almost made a great play on special teams. It was a punt that bounced on the two, and he did kind of like a diving, saving the basketball and trying to chunk it in bounds, but it, it didn't work out. But again, I mean, he is going to make this team. It is not because of his rushing ability. It is because of what he does on special teams. He is a special teams ace. However, whenever you add that you are by far the most explosive and efficient runner on top of that, He's just building his uh, resume. Uh, had a huge run on first down on the very first third drive. It was kind of our first big play for 19 yards. Had a great stiff arm on an outside toss play. And the thing is that he does, he just creates. And so it's not like he was just getting better plays or big holes. He was making the initial guy miss. And that's something that the other running backs were not doing. Joe Williams' play was up and down. It was a roller coaster ride. He goes in after Mostert, and he played from... The first quarter, the end of the first quarter, all the way through the end of the fourth quarter. He was in on that last drive as well. Nothing special to start. His his play improved whenever the backups came in. And 
He ran with a whole lot of effort whenever he was up on the goal line. And I mean, trucking people, pumping those knees and feet. But you don't see that in the middle of the field. He, he seems like he's one of those guys that is tough to motivate. But whenever he is motivated, his talent jumps off of the screen. It's just not consistent. And with a guy that's a, you know, he struggled to come in last year. And Kyle Shanahan said it, he, it took him a while to learn what it meant to be a pro. And it just doesn't seem like everything is hitting on all cylinders yet. He did get a one-yard touchdown before the half. <laughs> he had two plays that really, really pissed me off. It was third and two in the middle of the field, and they ran a toss play. And he got it, and he went out of bounds. He probably would not have gotten the first. There were several defenders there. But he, he carried himself out of, out of bounds making contact short of the first down six. And we had a punt after that. Like, it doesn't matter if you're not going to get it. you got to try. Duck your head. Lower in, try to cut in, do something. Like, don't give up. And you can say, well, it's just preseason. Yeah, but this is, you're fighting for a roster spot, man. Like, you're going to get cut if you do not step up. And so that's kind of where he is. His pass pro was good. Uh, he got stuffed on a two-point attempt from the one. That really, really bothered me. Um, he went low, which I'm okay with. But he just went too low. And again, it was it was just bad. He He's... It's not that he hurt the team a lot, but he did nothing to help the team. Jeremy McNichols, I thought he would get a lot more playing time, and I think this kind of shows how far out of this competition McNichols is right now. Uh, he got, he came in, he only got three carries, but he got 15 yards and a touchdown. So he got back-to-back. -back, we were on the 14-yard line, or 15, technically 15, and he got three straight carries. He had a 13-yard run, a one-yard run, then he punched it in again for a one-yard run and a touchdown. I really like this kid, but it just doesn't seem like he is in the same level as Joe Williams and Mostert are. So so that's kind of where we are. I would say stock up to Mostert. Even though he fumbled, I, I think that he did more to kind of highlight what he does. Now let's jump over to wide receivers, and wide receivers are interesting. It, this It's another, you could say, well, it's just training camp. Why isn't Pierre Carson getting targets? Well, he only played one drive, but six passes, none went to Pierre Garcon. The target guy is going to be Marquise Goodwin. Of six passes, three of those targets went to Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin is the number one wide receiver of the San Francisco 49ers. I really don't think there's much debate over that. I, I just really don't. Goodwin continues to separate himself. He had one catch for 18 yards, and then one went off of his hands, as I said earlier, and the other one was just thrown over his head. But three targets in the very first drive is impressive. I, I'm kind of getting worried about Pierre Garçon, guys. Um, somebody needs to talk me off of a ledge. I, I know that he's a veteran, but he was out there for those plays, and they're just not looking his way. Anyway. Dante Pettis, man, he went out with the second group, and C.J. Beathard looked his way several times, but every time he was throwing it to him, the ball kept getting batted down. It happened three separate targets that went to Pettis were batted down. So that, that was pretty frustrating. So technically, he had four targets, so you could have added to that. He should have had seven targets, but three of those were batted down, and I don't count those. He had four catchable balls, and one of those was for the big play, a 53-yard reception from C.J. Beathard. It should have been a 60-yard touchdown, but C.J. Beathard aired it out, and it was behind him. So he had to stop his momentum and come back, and he made the catch, 
But after that, uh, the defender caught up to him. The thing is, the space is just unreal. Every single time he runs a route, there's nobody around him. Like I said, he was targeted several times to, st- uh, to start, but none of the balls got were catchable. Then he finally gets a good pass, and he drops it. He was open, and it's just like, ah! So hopefully he got that out of the way, and he can move on. Yeah, we'll just kind of have to see what happens. But the explosiveness and the route running was there. I mean, a 53-yard catch, that, that is – and I think this is what we're going to expect from Pettis probably the first four weeks of the season. He's going to be one of those giant home run type of guys that's going to have four targets, two catches, 50 yards, something like that. I don't think we can see consistent starting snaps and targets from him until we get further into the season and he gets a little bit more used to the game. But the ceiling is there. Uh, it really is. Burbridge, he didn't really do much. He didn't do anything to separate himself. Bolden Jr., he played great late at, uh, late at the end. He uh, Five targets, he had three catches for 54 yards. And, man, he's <laughs> he's a fun guy. It made some great plays with Nick Mullins, and he was up. He had a lot of energy. But you got to remember, this is a guy that is suspended for the first four games. And I would say stock up for him, but... You know, he's going to be on a roster. He gets a roster exemption for being suspended, so it doesn't count against our 53. But who knows what happens for that fifth game if they just waive him or if he makes a spot. He He's talented. It's just <laughs> he, he's kind of a boomer bust guy. Like, he makes an amazing catch. He probably had the catch of the day where he just came back on an underthrown deep ball and double covered and just made a great circus catch. It was absolutely awesome. But the play before that, he got hit in the face mask with the ball because it went through his hands. So he's kind of, that. that's just who he is, right? Um, Kendrick Bourne looked pretty, pretty good. He is very, very talented. He, he caught all three of his targets for 31 yards, and he is just that huge, big receiver the two he had two catches that he didn't come down with, but they were both penalties on that play, so that kind of negated those uh, targets. But he looks good, very very good. Richie James, that kid is quick. He is going to be a part of this offense. He is going to make this roster. I don't care what anybody says. Richie James is amazing. Five targets. He had four receptions for forty six yards and a touchdown. He is. He's special. This kid is special. And then not only that, they have him lined up as a tight slot, almost like a wing back, and he crashes down on a defensive end and totally like <laughs> seals him so that Mostert can get outside. This kid is playing awesome. And, of course, he caught the game-winning touchdown. It, it took a big hit on that play. I would have had no problem saying that he was the offensive MVP, but I got to give it to my boy Mullins. He just looked great. Kittle. We talked about he had that one target and he hurt his arm. Hope he's okay. Um, Selleck, man, he had a couple of bad plays, bad blocks. And that's the thing. Selleck is our blocking guy. And if he is going to be uh, inefficient there, that scares me a little bit. Uh, Tyrone Crawford brought it to him and got a tackle for loss on the first drive against Jarek McKinnon, and that led to a punt. So that that was a big negative. I don't think Selleck had a good game, but he didn't have a lot of snaps either. Hikatini, he came in, made some really good plays. He had one giant catch, Cole Hikatini, um, one catch for 18 yards, and then he had another play where he almost had an awesome catch, and it was called back on a penalty anyway, so it didn't matter. Now our O-line did not play well. Richburg, Staley, Tomlinson, you know, our big three, they all played one drive and then left. And it, it wasn't a good drive up the middle, I'll be really honest with you. McGlitchy, he played a lot longer. He played with the ones and twos at right tackle. 
Pearson, he basically played almost the entire game at right tackle until the threes came in. Um, and he stayed out there a couple snaps with the threes as well. Magnuson, he came in at center right off the second drive. He played basically into the third quarter. Eh, nothing special. Gilliam's going to be our swing guy. We get that, but he went down super, super early. And whenever he went down, that's when Williams came in. He did not play great. And that's the thing about Williams. You know, he's a guy that we like, but he gives up so much ground. Every single time he blocks, he, he doesn't give up the sack, but they just they push him back into the quarterback every single time. And so that's the thing. Like, Daryl Williams, he, he's a guy that he, he looks the part, and his feet are good. He just doesn't anchor well. He's always in the way and in between the pass rusher and the quarterback, but it's not sufficient enough whenever you give up so much ground. And whenever you do that, it, it forces the quarterback to throw the ball out faster. So Pace Murphy, Murphy came in and got a lot of snaps. He played left guard after Tomlinson went out. Then he switched over to right guard. And again, did not play well. Just he was constantly, it just seems like he was on skates half of the time where he's just getting pushed back. The other times he's great at sealing the block and using his hips, but you can't get pushed into the backfield all the time. He, he's got to step up his game. So that's kind of where we're at. Now, if we look at team stats for what we did as a whole, we got 26 first downs. We, we outgained the Cowboys by three there. 14 of those were passing, seven for rushing. That's okay. Fourth de- uh, Third down efficiency, four for 10. That's terrible. You want to be over 50%. But we got the one fourth down. That was a fourth and two play. The amazing pass play that we had to Victor Bolden. So many plays of the game here. That's the thing. Like It, it was pretty cool seeing the guys that are third and fourth string coming together and just stringing out a win and fighting for it. Um, we outgained him by 120 yards, and again, almost all of that was in the third and fourth quarter. 450 total yards uh, off of 11 drives. And again, if you look at our yards, 356 yards passing, two interceptions. We definitely lost the turnover battle there, um, along with two fumble, uh, fumble lost as well. We had two fumbles, but the one that is the one that we only lost the one that was Mostert. So 98 yards rushing, that is trash. So. That's kind of where we are, and that was the first game. I will be back again, as I said, to break down the defensive players, whose stock went up, and all those things. But, man, what a great game. We are live, guys. We've got preseason game, and I can't wait to go back and watch this film. I know that I am going to be watching it several different times. And if you haven't seen all the clips, I was constantly cutting clips that entire game so go check out my twitter feed and just scroll through you'll see a lot of the highlights and the big plays that stood out and why and uh just spoiler alert get ready for a lot of julian taylor talk on this next episode so stay strong faithful and niners beat the cowboys man that sounds good Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.